Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. When it comes to evangelism, when it comes to talking to people about Jesus, there's never going to be a convenient time. And so you just have to make a decision to start today not sometime in the future. Don't get caught looking in the clouds thinking that there will be a better time in the future. Don't get caught looking in the clouds thinking that that the best things that God is going to do has already happened. Instead, we have to realize that God has got amazing things to do in the future, incredible things that are beyond our imagination if we just put ourselves out there to experience it. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. One of the greatest callings a Christian has is to share their faith in Jesus with those who do not yet believe in Him. Unfortunately, this is a calling that many Christians struggle to embrace. Why is that? Well, the easy answer is that it makes us uncomfortable. If that is something you can relate to, then today's message is just for you. Pastor Phil is going to share several truths from the scriptures about evangelism, which should help every Christian overcome their fear and encourage them to tell others about Jesus. Please enjoy the message. I didn't drink coffee every day. It, I, and actually, I was trying to cut back. And so I was cutting, I was drinking coffee in the mornings three or four days a week. But then do you know what happened? I had another child. And then I had another child. And quickly I realized that after four kids, the responsibilities and the exhaustion that goes along with that, I need to drink coffee. In fact, I can't get through my day the way that I need to and do what it is that I need to do without some of that caffeine getting me going in the morning. And that's for a variety of reasons. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, you got to have your God's spirit a part of you to help you to go out and do what it is that you need to do. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to watch the Last Dance documentary. It, it chronicles Michael Jordan's basketball career and really hones in on the 1990s when he won those NBA championships. One of the takeaways that I was able to take from that documentary specifically was that that team would not have won a championship without Michael Jordan. That they wouldn't have accomplished the goal that was set before them if they didn't have him on the team. And we know this to be true because in 1994, he had retired and they had a good season. They did some good things. But inevitably, they won 55 games, lost 27. And then you know what happened? They got beat in the second round of the playoffs. They didn't go any further than that. But when, Jesus, when, when Michael Jordan was able to get back on the team and have a full season, they started winning championships again. In fact, three in a row. And here's my point, is that without God's spirit or without dependence on his spirit, you might be able to do some good things. You might get some good stuff accomplished. But you won't be able to do nearly um, on your own what you could do with God's spirit. And so the challenge for us, Jesus says this, is to wait on God's spirit to lead you going forward to know what to say. And then the text goes on. Then they, the disciples, gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? That was a major question Israelites were asking this day. It's not a question that we're necessarily asking now, but it was a question they were asking then. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. He's saying, I know that you think that this is an important question to ask. 
And I know that you think that you need to have the answer to this question. But what I'm trying to tell you is, it's like, you don't need to worry about that particular question and that answer right now. Now to the disciples, they would have been absolutely exasperated. What do you mean? When we go to Jerusalem and we talk to people about you, this is what they're going to want to know. Is the kingdom being established? If he's the Messiah, that's what's supposed to happen. And Jesus says, you don't need that answer. And, And here's the truth that Jesus presents to us is that you need some of the answers, but you don't need all of the answers. You need some of the answers, but you don't need every answer to every question that you're going to ask. One of the great fears that people have when it comes to talking to someone about Jesus is that they may get asked a question that they don't have an answer to. That somebody might say something to them that they aren't really ready to quite answer. And Jesus is saying that you don't, you don't have to have all the answers. See, often we think that we have to be like Ken Jennings who won 74 consecutive Jeopardies. We think that we have to have all the answers, but we don't need to be like Ken Jennings necessarily. We need to be a little bit more like the man in John chapter 9. In the man in John 9, he had been blind um, for his entire life. And, and with that, what happened is, is as an adult, he encounters Jesus and Jesus heals him. And so then the religious leaders hear that Jesus has healed this man who was blind and they come to him and they begin to ask him these questions about who Jesus is. And then as they ask him these these questions about who Jesus is, the man really doesn't have any answers. He doesn't have any answers at all. But this is the one answer that he does have. This is what he says to him. And he's rather frustrated at this point. He says, whether he, Jesus, is a sinner or not, I don't know. But the one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see You see, you don't have to have all of the answers to every question that gets presented to you, but you do need to have this kind of an answer. You need to have the answer of how Jesus has changed your life. You see, somebody might be able to argue with you about a certain apologetic that relates to a miracle or relates to the inerrancy of the scripture or even relates to the resurrection, but they can't argue with you about how Jesus has changed your life. And you might too say, I, I don't know all the answers to the questions that you're asking, but, but I do know this. I was once riddled with anxiety and now I can actually have a, have a peaceful night's sleep because of how he has changed my life. I was once a person that had no direction in life. I had no basis for making decisions, but then I met Jesus and, and now I have, I have parameters, I have structure and I know how to live my life and he's guiding me through this life. It's better than it ever could have been on my own. You might say, my wife and I, we never thought that we would make it. The way that we were treating each other, we shouldn't have made it, but then Jesus became a priority in our relationship and now our marriage is better than it's ever been. You might say, I never knew how, how we could overcome or how we could get through the death, the death of that loved one. You can fill in the blank. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a spouse, maybe it was a child, maybe it was a friend. I never knew how I could get through that, but, but then I met Jesus and he, and he showed me the way. He showed me the way to get through it. What's your story? How has Jesus changed your life? That is something that no one can ever argue with. And that is an answer that you absolutely have to have. And Peter, 
he says these words. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give that answer. And why do you have that hope? Well, you have that hope because of how Jesus has changed your life. And you do it with gentleness and respect. You don't have to have an answer to every question, but you do have to have an answer for why it is that you believe and have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is teaching these disciples. He's saying, you don't have to have all the answers, you don't have, but you need to know how it is that I have changed your life. And then in verse eight, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Now, you, you again may not be a Christian and, and, and there again, I, I'm so grateful that you're listening to this because what I want you to catch in this is, is, is why it is that a Christian needs to share this good news. Why it is so critical that Christians share their faith with other people. And we have to understand as a Christian that we're called to be witnesses. Now, one of the things that we think that we are called to be is a convincer, but that's not our job. Our job is to be a witness. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And the third truth that Jesus presents to us is you must be a witness, not a convincer. Now, in a, in a court of law, in a court of law, you understand how this works. A witness walks into the court, they go up to the stand, they deliver their testimony. Do you know what their testimony is? It's their experience and, and it's the facts of the situation that they saw. You're not up there to share your opinions or your thoughts, any of that. Because as soon as you do, the, as soon as you do, the prosecutor raises his hand and says, um, he says, sustain, the prosecutor raises his hand and says, objection. And then the judge says, sustained, because he doesn't want you to share your opinions. He wants you to share your experience, the facts of the situation, and that's it. And if you can imagine what Jesus is describing to us here as a witness, what he is describing is essentially this, that ju the judge is God. You are the witness at the stand. The person on trial, you know who that is? That's Jesus. The defendant, the defendant, uh, the attorney for Jesus is the Holy Spirit. This is what John 15 says. When the advocate comes, when Jesus' attorney comes, the Holy Spirit is the one who is defending Jesus, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. He's the one who's going to do the convincing. You just have to be the witness. You know who the prosecutor is? Prosecutor's the devil. 
and he is spewing lies and he's making accusations that are false. And do you know who the jury is? The jury is those people in your life that you love who don't believe in Jesus. The jury might even be you if you don't believe in Jesus. And your job in that moment is just to share the facts of the situation. And that's it. You don't have to convince them. Sometime back, I was, uh, had a great honor of being the best man in a friend of mine's wedding. And he had friends from the East Coast because he had graduated from Cornell University, a part of this wedding party as well. And so one of the men in particular was from New York. And, and you know how you used guys can be. If you're from New York, you know how used guys can be. Well, he was exactly like that. He was argumentative as it gets, as stubborn as it gets. But through the course of a few days, we talked about a variety of subjects. One of them was Jesus. And so we went back and forth, back and forth. He didn't believe. And so I I shared different perspectives and thoughts and I shared my story with him. But the last comment he made to me was the one that I'll never forget. He said, I just don't understand how Christianity is any different than other religions in the world. And honestly, that's an easy answer for for me to share. And so I said back to him, I said, well, I understand what you're saying. And I know why it is that it seems that way. But the answer is grace. It's forgiveness. You see, all the other religions in the world, they're based on your merit. But Christianity is based on Jesus' merit. In other words, all of the other religions in the world, they're based on your righteousness. But Christianity, it's based on his righteousness. And because we have fallen short, do you know what that means? That means that we get grace and forgiveness because we we receive what he deserved and he received unfortunately what we deserved which was death now did he come to believe in that moment no not that I know of I'm not exactly sure where he's even at from now but what I do know is that I fulfilled a responsibility that I had in that particular moment to be a witness to just share the facts to share my experience and that was it and I left it at that And now it's up to him to make a decision. Will he believe? Will he not believe in Jesus? What's going to happen? And so Jesus reminds and empowers these disciples to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the outermost regions of the world. That's what he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, start where you're at, start with those that are around you, and then spread out from there. And then he goes on. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. When I, when I read that verse, what came to my mind is that the disciples were so caught up in Jesus ascending. They were so caught up in what it is that Jesus had done that they were neglecting the mission that, that Jesus had given them to do. That they were so caught up in what had happened that they weren't ready to do what it is that they needed to do right then and there. And that's the last truth that we have to catch here. Is that when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to talking to people about Jesus, there's never going to be a convenient time. And so you just have to make a decision to start today. 
not sometime in the future. Don't get caught looking in the clouds thinking that there will be a better time in the future. Don't get caught looking in the clouds thinking that that the best things that God is going to do has already happened. Instead, we have to realize that God has got amazing things to do in the future, incredible things that are beyond our imagination if we just put ourselves out there to experience it. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. In Tim Tebow's book, Shaken, he shares of how after his NFL career didn't quite take off the way that he had hoped, um, he was drawn into certain ministries. One in particular was a prison ministry. He would visit penitentiaries around Florida. In one particular penitentiary, he was there all, all, he was there the entire day and he was dealing with some fatigue from having been there all day and he would go in and he would go to the different cell blocks and share with the people there the gospel, what it is that he believed about Jesus. And then as he ended up going through the penitentiary, he eventually found his way to death row and, and it's there that he talked with the people that were on death row, some listened, some didn't as he would say. But finally, he was ready to leave, and and their trip through this prison was over. But then the friend that was with him asked the warden who was given the tour, he said, what's what's that hallway over there? And the hallway that the friend was pointing to was the suicide hall. It was where the prisoners there were on suicide watch because they were either high risk for suicide or they had already attempted suicide, and it just wasn't successful. And so Tim and his friend went down this hallway and Tim was frustrated. He was aggravated. He was ready to go. He said, you know, we can come back some other time and go to this hallway. We can do it another day. So they go down the hallway. The first person doesn't pay him any attention. Second person doesn't pay him any attention. He gets to the third person and he, and he looks out into that room or he looks into the room and that person looks out at Tim. And Tim says, do you know why I'm here? And the man said, no, I don't know why you're here. And Tim said, I'm here because God sent me. God loves you. Jesus died for you. 
And then the man who's in a straitjacket, he immediately fell to the ground, convulsing in tears. Tim said, I had never seen anything like that in my life when I talked about Jesus before to someone. I thought something had physically happened to this man. But then the man eventually regained his composure somewhat and he stumbled to his feet as best he could without being able to use his arms. He came over to the window and Tim said, are you okay? And the man responded back to him through brokenness and even a bit of compassion said, yes. He said, you need to understand that I've never prayed to God, at least not seriously. But today I prayed and I prayed to God and I said to God, God, I've never talked to you and and you know I've had a hard life. And this man, he had had a hard life. He He had had a hard life growing up and he had killed a man outside of prison. He had killed a man in the prison and he had tried to kill himself. And he looks at Tim and he said, I said to God, you know that I was abandoned. You know that I was neglected. You know that I was abused. You know why I'm here. But if you are there and you love me, I need you to show yourself to me now. If you don't, I will do everything I can to kill myself. And he looked at Tim and he said, I prayed that prayer five minutes ago. And then you showed up. And then through tears, Tim began to share with this gentleman the gospel about how 2,000 years ago, God sent his one and only son into this world to die for him about how 2,000 years ago, God raised the son of his up from the grave. And that that was a message that needed to be communicated to the world. That was a message that could change this man's life. And in that moment, he confessed, uh, he made a good confession to make Jesus Christ the savior of his soul and the Lord of his life. And you have people in your life who need to hear that message as well. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't try to put it off until you have all of the answers. Don't try to depend on yourself. Don't even try to convince people. Instead, lean into God, trust him. Just make yourself available and be willing to walk up to that stand and share your experience. And if you're somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, I want you to know that 2,000 years ago, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that who shall ever believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that's something that you have to be told. And that's something that we all need to believe. And maybe you need to believe it. And if you are ready to make that confession of faith, if you are ready to place your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to, I want to, have, I want to lead you through a prayer now. A prayer in which you will surrender your life, surrender your soul to him. And if you're ready to do that, we want you to to maybe leave your name in a comment below this video. We want you to make make it known this profession of faith that you are making right now because we want to come alongside you. You aren't meant to do this life alone. Not alone from us or alone from God. And so let's make a confession right now. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? And if you're somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, I would ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, I know that I've done many things that aren't right. I know that I've made many mistakes. 
But I believe that I'm not defined by what I have done. I'm defined by what it is that you have done for me in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is your son, that he died for my sins, that you raised him from the grave. And Father, I surrender my life to you right now. And I ask that you would save me in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have made that confession right now, I'm so excited for you and I'm thrilled for you. And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to let us know who you are. We will come alongside you and we will help you in this journey of faith. And for everyone else who is watching this, I want to encourage you to go forth to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the outermost regions of the world, to go forth and to share the good news with those who you love so dearly. Let's have another word of prayer and then we will close things out. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit that guides us, who leads us in all that we do. And we are so, so grateful for all that you have done for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.